I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good evening and welcome to the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendez. This is our transfer deadline day special. Uh, and of course, looking ahead to the Wigan game as well. Joining me uh, on the pod to do just that. First up, we're rushing uh, across South East London. Uh, we've got Lewis Cat. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thank you. Just about got here in time. Well, a bit later than planned, but yeah, that's thanks for traffic. holding out, waiting for me. That's the traffic on transfer deadline day. It's footballers going off in every single direction. <laughs> you just don't know, don't know where be. they're going to be. Yeah, And uh, also joining us to look ahead to the Wigan game and discuss the transfers in and out is uh, Mr. Tom Willen. How you doing, Tom? The happiest man on earth, I'm guessing. Second happiest, if you saw his smile last night, I think. But yeah, I'm very good, thank yeah, you. Johnny Williams scoring for Wales and the smile that lit up the world. It was absolutely, it was the perfect moment. I mean, yeah, life doesn't get much better than that, does it? I mean, <laughs> nah. Wembley last year was pretty good as well. So it's been nice the last, yeah, last couple of years. I'll take that. Yeah, you've clearly forgotten everything that's happened in the last year, but we'll... Uh, We'll move on from that. <laughs> so on tonight's show, uh, we've got a special guest on tonight's show. It's our transfer deadline day special. We can't do that without the sports editor from the South London Press, Richard Corley. Uh, Join me on the phone about an hour before we recorded to give us the latest uh, on what potential ins and outs. We're going to hear from Richard very shortly. We'll discuss the uh, plethora of signings that have happened since our last show. Obviously, we've been off for the uh, in, for the international break. Uh, loads of players have come in and gone out since then, so we'll have a bit of a chat around that. We'll talk about Project Big Picture, and of course, we'll look ahead to the home game with Wigan on Saturday, hearing from Simon Gregory from the Progress with Unity pod, and of course, from the Addicts boss, Lee Bayer. So let's go straight into it then. Transfer deadline day. We're recording Thursday. The transfer deadline day is Friday. Um... We need to know what's going to happen. So I got on to Richard Corley then, the man in the know in South London, the sports editor of the South London Press, and asked him, as Charlton fans, are we in for a busy day? I don't know if it's going to be mega uh, busy. I think, you know, the plan seems to be that there's been talk of two signings and there was talk it could possibly be three. As we talk right now, it's sounding like it's going to be two. Um, but there's always the normal thing that when you talk to people at a club and, you know, I get to see a bit, the way that these kind of deals work, there was always the caveat that things can change. So um, it sounds like a bit of an excuse I'm making in case I'm wrong, but it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a couple of them. I'm not particularly convinced there's going to be any other players going out. I mean, you were on the press conference, I think, a bit earlier with me, and he said there was no pressure to do anything else um, going out after Erhanos Timo and George Lapsy are gone. I, I think the only other one potentially that could go out uh, or seems to be most likely is Albie Morgan, but there doesn't seem to be any league interest in him as it stands. So I think the non-league window's different. So um, that doesn't need to happen straight away. So, yeah, a couple more players probably in. Um, it seems to be that it's going to be another forward player. 
and another midfielder. Mm. So uh, well, let's, that's let's, kind of where we're at. Let's talk about those those players that you've named then on, on Twitter today, in particular Sorba Thomas, a, 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 a young player at Boreham Wood in, in non-league. Uh, what, what can you tell us about him and, and how like you do you think that one could be? Well, I don't know too much about him. Um, I saw that uh, there was a story, I think, on the Daily Mail's website where they described him as one of the hottest properties outside of the league. And, I, you know, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but these kind of taglines get banded around a bit. I mean, I watched um, a, a Bournemouth fan quite kindly send me a sort of link to um, Sorba Thomas's Instagram. And um, there's about six, seven minutes there, which I put on my Twitter um, feed. I mean, he looks a very good player, but like I said, in, uh, I think on there, you know, I've never seen bad clips of players on YouTube, really. Um, so he looks, he looks an exciting player. Um, he plays down the left, but maybe it looks to me like he's probably a bit of an inverted winger because he's, he's pay, or, or he plays on that side and he's naturally right-footed because a couple of his penalties, he strikes from right-footed and he, he touches the ball quite a lot with his right with his right foot as well. Um, seems as if he can play left wing back and also as a number 10, according to a couple of Bournemouth Wood fans who um, messaged me helpfully with some details. Um, so, yeah, looks exciting. Um, the only thing that I would say is that as of this evening, uh, when I asked the question again about how likely it was looking, the messages coming back didn't sound like they were hugely optimistic this one was going to get through. Um, uh, and it sounded a bit like Bournemouth Wood were being quite tricky to deal with. Um, so that's kind of where we're at on that one. Um, as we've said already, these things are prone to change. But yeah. he, he looks exciting. He looks athletic. He looks. Um, I think it's always interesting. Non-league players, you know, there's such a rich history of players coming through and doing well from non-league, and it's always quite exciting that sort of unknown, unknown um, entity and, and what they can kind of do. Yeah, so there's so many ones where it don't quite go that way though, like Chris Dixon and Stuart Fleetwood. But we won't get stuck <laughs> stuck yeah, in that. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, you, you mentioned as well a name that we've been linked with before from QPR could be could be a potential incoming as well. Yeah, you'll even need to say his name in case I get it wrong. I noticed, but um, Paul Paul Smith or Paul Smile, I think it's Paul Smith, um, at uh, young Irish, well, 23 year old Irish striker at QPR, um, the West London. Papers or West London media were kind of uh, saying that Charlton were interested. I think he's a player that Charlton have been interested in, in pre, uh, previously as well. And I think there is something in that. Whether he is the forward that Charlton will bring in, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was particularly cut and dry and it would be him. But naturally with these things, you, you do a bit of quizzing when the name comes back out again. And it wasn't one that I got told, no, it's not happening. It, not the same as Timmy Abraham and and Woodburn at Liverpool, you know, when I, when they were mentioned, um, you know, the, the, the word back was that, you know, they're not players that are coming in. I mean, Charlton have had a, it's been a, it's difficult. I mean, Lee, Lee Bowyer has said it numerous times to try and give fans a bit of a reality check with the wage cap. Um, and it is really hard. And people will say everyone's under it. But as Lee said, other clubs, because of the embargo that, that Charlton were under, they couldn't do the deals early. And a lot of clubs... Matthew Taylor at Oxford, I think, was another player that probably Charlton would have liked, um, but he re-signed at Oxford, obviously on more money than the salary cap, and it proved to be the right decision by him because you know by the time Charlton came out, they wouldn't have been able to offer that money. And I know people say, well, there must be loopholes and there must be ways around it. Um, there, I don't think there really is, unless a player is going to sign on a, a on the hope that you're going to get promoted. And while Charlton should be up there, we know that it's not necessarily a one season. 
bang straight back up into the championship. So I think it's made it a lot, lot trickier for him. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, you mentioned that Lee Bayer himself said uh, the the only possible outs might be a couple of loanees, but he said that was only if it's going to improve their, their development. So that, that does sound good for Charlton fans who are worried about Alfie Doughty leaving, obviously heavily linked with Celtic earlier on in the window, but they're out the running now because uh, Scotland is officially a different country. Um, so do you think he's going to stay? And, 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 and while we're talking about people who may stay, Dylan Phillips, I mean, that if he does stay, he's going to be in a very strange situation. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. With Alfie, um, I think there's still interest um, over in England. Do I think he's going to go? Probably not now, I would say. I think the bet the, the, it favours that he's going to stay. Thomas Sangard has said as much. Um, Lee Bowie has said as much today. So I don't think it's, it's completely likely unless someone comes in with a very, very good offer to change the game. But there is there are clubs interested. Now, Alfie Dalfi is an interesting one because, you know, at the turn of the year, if he goes cross-border to Scotland in the future... I mean, people have told me various things on the compensation, but, you know, I'm led to believe it's not a lot of money at all. So, but that's absolutely fine because, you know, if Alfie Doughty stays, he's a really good player for Charlton to have. And who knows, if Charlton start flying in the table, Alfie might then sort of look at things. But I think it's unlikely he would sign um, a new deal, as we've said already, because of the salary cap. Um, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. So I think with him, that's what we're on there. The Dylan one's a strange one as well because, you know, there was definitely, definitely clubs that were interested earlier in the window. Birmingham City were interested, obviously then went a different route. Uh, Neil Warnock, despite publicly saying he wasn't uh, to the media up there that he hadn't been, been after Dylan, he, he definitely was. Um, so um, I think there's other clubs that have made what I'd say are pretty low offers for him. So... It's a difficult one, really, because I, I don't know whether maybe 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 the, the, the deal should have been done before. Because if Dylan doesn't if Dylan doesn't go, um, you know he's going to be staying and he's going to be not involved. You know, Lee uh, has made it clear that Amos number one actually may not is very happy with. So I don't really quite see. The be- I, I know that Charlton would want more money, and Dylan was excellent last year, and he's not said he won't play. But that's just the way that the situation is for him. I just think it's. Um, it's a slightly strange one because surely you get to a point, this is just my opinion, that you, you eventually have to think, well, we'll take whatever, whatever's out there. Mm, yeah, and it's uh, well, it's, it's going to be a very interesting final day, I guess, then for him. And, and like I said, it'll be a strange situation if he's stuck here behind those those two other goalkeepers. But anyway, I mean, let, just, let's just have your general thoughts then. It's always interesting to hear someone else's views on, on the show about how you know, how we've started um, and, and the transfer window that we've had so far. You mentioned, you know, we've been talking the last few weeks about how what it was realistic in terms of be, because of the salary cap, the sort of players that Charlton can get in, how far behind other teams they may be who, who have got more expensive players before the, the, the cap came in. So where do you see Charlton's position as a club and as a team, as a squad now? I think if you're looking at where they should finish. I think in a normal scenario, if you, um, I mean, first of all, if we weren't, I didn't have Thomas Sangard at the helm. I think that in that scenario, looking at it, you would probably say it would have been a real, real problem for them this season. As it is, I think they've got some, you know, they've got some good players. I mean, we look at some of the players they signed. You know, uh, Alex Gilby, Chris Gunter, Ben Watson, Marcus Madison. 
Uh, you know, bone my bogle we don't I mean he was prolific at Grimsby. Um his scoring record isn't bad at all in League One. Um Connor Washington, I think is you know, it's been a bit of a bit of an onus on him which will be lifted a bit. I like the look of um the, the boy they've signed from Norwich as well. So I think they've got a good nucleus there, particularly if they get another couple through the door. I do think it's going to take them a bit of time to catch up. And the fear is, I think, and what I mean by that is players getting up to speed. Um, you just hope it happens quickly enough because it can make it make it more tricky to come through the pack. Although Charlton obviously have done that under, you know, they were dropping away under Lee, weren't they, and came through strongly. And obviously the season that you guys went up, um, it was a really, really strong second half of the season. So they've got that in their locker. I think the thing that um, remains to be seen is whether there's enough goals in the side. You know, we... Uh, I know people have got their views on Lyle Taylor, but you cannot dispute that he was an excellent striker for Charlton and he was an excellent striker at the League One level. Um, obviously, Colin Grant was, was very good before he got sold as well. Um, it's whether they've got the same kind of um, uh, ability to score goals because I think that's probably where the problem's going to lie. I mean, I, I was looking at one of the recent games, Sunderland, and I think um, the amount of chances on tar- shots on target, Charlton are right down near you know the bottom 22nd or something like that um so i think that's the key thing have they got the creativity and the ability to to open teams up enough and i would say that looking at it they hopefully should but it's going to be interesting to see the last striker that comes in and um and, and obviously the midfielder and then if you know can that become non-league that would that would really kind of probably top it off but I, i've got to be honest i think there are you know, you look at it. There's probably five or six clubs at least that will really fancy it this year, and um, it's going to make it trickier. But experienced manager who knows what he's doing. Richard Corley there from the South London Press. Thanks to Rich for joining us uh, on the pod. Uh, and yeah, well, he he said potential two in Tom. So we've we've seen a fair bit of business over the last uh, the lot the last few days since that Sunderland game. We've seen all sorts of. Players coming in, Chris Gunter, uh, Omar Bogle, Ryan Innes and uh, Ian Matson uh, on loan from Chelsea as well. We've seen a couple of outs. George Lapsley's gone out to Mansfield today on loan. Uh, Ezri, uh, Ez Aaron Ostuma, I should say, out to Bristol Rovers on loan. Ben Dempsey's gone out to Woking as well. So we've seen lots of in and out since then, but there's still potential for two more by the sounds of it. Um, well, what are you hoping for, Tom? Striker? Yeah, I think striker has to be priority. Um, and then... Possibly a defensive midfielder or a, a central defender. I think we're still a little bit light in those areas, particularly at the back, whilst Jason and, and Deji now are, are injured. But yeah, it's been an impressive, impressive window. We've had to obviously move very fast because of the embargo. I think if you were to have looked at all these signings back in the summer and we'd started at the same time as everyone else, and I know everyone's has been a bit crammed because of the late end of the season, you'd say that, you know, that's pretty standard business particularly for a club that's that's had a takeover and had a, a you know a, a lift if you like with the new ownership but because of the embargo and because of the issues we've had as a club we've kind of had to force all of our business into a, what a two three week period so it's felt a lot more relentless if you like which is positive um and Boyer said it himself I think in the press conference today that you know the players have wanted new bodies through the through the door. It's been clear in the last two or three performances that players just need a little bit of support. And yeah, the players that have come in, I think, are going to give everybody a lift. But but as Richard said, there we, we do need a couple more. Um, and I think probably the priorities would have to be a striker. And then, as I say, somebody 
slightly more defensive, whether that's a, a midfielder or a, or a centre-back, I'm not sure. But with the likes of Ozzy and George going out, and I know Boyer is still keen for, for Albie to go out somewhere as well, most likely non-league now. I think the midfield could potentially get a bit light. So m- maybe central midfield is, is where he needs to focus now. Mm. Well, two of the names that we heard there mentioned by Richard Corley, uh, Sorba Thomas uh, from Boreham Wood. We've seen Richard speaking about him and Ben Ramson, of course, uh, today. Uh, a Paul Smith or Smythe, and we couldn't decide, <laughs> Richard, uh, whether it's Smith or Smythe, how you pronounce his surname. But one we've been linked with as well before, uh, a, a youngish 23-year-old from, from QPR. I and mean, there's a, a couple of names floating out there. Obviously, with it being transfer deadline day, Lewis, you never know what's going to happen. There could be new ones thrown into the mix almost out of nowhere. Um, it didn't sound too likely on the Sorba Thomas one in particular. Uh, so y- you never really know. That's the, it, It's strange for us to be going into a transfer deadline day with some excitement rather than trepidation. Well, that's it. Yeah, so you're always um, you're always onto a winner when you can actually sign players <laughs> when you're not in an embargo, which is great. So... Yeah, like you say, it, it can all change between now and 5pm tomorrow. Um, the name's linked, as Richard said there, with um, the guy from Boreham Wood and, and with Paul Smythe. Um, you know, we I didn't expect, I'd, I'd not heard Ryan Innes' name mentioned before um, before they came in the door. The same with Ian Matson. So it shows that I imagine Steve Gallen and, and Bo have got a fairly large list. I mean, we always hear in, in pre-season they've got this huge list of players to go through and and finally they're in a position where they can actually bring some of those players through the door because they've been under such restrictions for such a long time it's it's quite refreshing to have you know the ability to actually go out there and strengthen your squad it's just typical we've got the uh the salary cap as a hurdle at the moment but i think with the the signings that we've had come through the door already especially uh since the Sunderland game uh you know Chris Gunter is a fantastic experienced defender with with caps at international level so much EFL experience as well um Omar Bogle is someone that you know we've seen in and around the divisions uh, over the years and is proven at, the, at this level as well uh, and and it looks good like the, you mean the people that are coming in given the salary cap restrictions that we do have are people that ultimately are going to improve the squad and I, I'm really excited to see sort of where we're at tomorrow at 5 p.m uh, Tom said there about We'll probably see some of the younger guys go out on loan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Albie go somewhere. I'm, I'm surprised he's not had any uh, EFL interest, if I'm honest. I think Albie's at least League Two standard. Um, maybe I, would, I was going to say James Vennings, but I think um, I think Bo quite right, you know, quite rates him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around. And maybe now we've had some strikers through the door, and we want to get another one through. Uh, maybe Davison will go out and get some experience as well. I think it would do him the world of good. So. Yeah, I think we're going to be in a in a decent position. Hopefully, this time, uh, this time tomorrow, um, we'll we'll have our squad up to January. And you know, for us, really, given the restrictions we had at the start of the campaign, maybe our season actually really for us starts now. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. Looking forward to it. Mm, so, I mean, let, let, let's discuss some of those people that have come in through the door since our last show, then a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tom. So, first of all, Chris Gunter, another another proud Welshman. Uh, like like yourself, and I think I think I saw his Wales most uh, capped player. So obviously comes with some some pedigree there, and in a position um, that that I guess I think it's fair to say we need to strengthen it. A lot of people thought it was going to be Adam Matthews, but sounds like Chris Gunter was the man that that Lee Bayard has always had his eye on in that right back berth. Yeah, I think a, a fantastic bit of business at this level. Obviously, spent the majority of career of his career, sorry, in the Championship with with Reading and Nottingham Forest. Um, 
So to drop down to this level, uh, I think it's it's really good that we've got him through the door. And obviously, he's in the latter part of his career now. What is he, 31, I think. So he's an experienced defender, but I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And uh, I think one of the things perhaps we're lacking across the whole side is pace. And he's he's obviously not necessarily going to add that. But at the same time, he can get forward. He can be an attacking outlet on that side. You know, Chris Solly was never blessed with pace, but could get forward at times. Um, I would have been equally happy, I think, with Adam Matthews, given how he'd been at the squad before and and had uh, you know been a part of, of this side, uh, and he'd looked really good in the back end of the last last season. But I think Chris Kunter, as I say, to get a, to get a player of that caliber in League One shows the the pull of the of the side at the moment and the pull of Lee Bowyer. And it's great to get him over the line, as you say. I think we needed strength in that area. And again, I go back to the fact that Deji and Jason are, are injured at the moment, and we'd had. Poor young Charlie Barker playing there week in, week out, who's done fantastically well, but needs a break, particularly after the the, uh, the own goal the other day. So, yeah, I'm glad he's in. I think he'll be a very reliable right back, which, again, if I go back to Solly, we've become accustomed to in, in the past few years. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him get started. But he's a player I have a, a lot of uh, admiration for. Um, you know, been a, a consistent player for both Reading and Forest. Got a lot of caps for both of those clubs. So, um, yeah, a, a really good one to get through the door. Mm, now, of course, we a striker is a, a position that we were definitely needed at least one in, probably two, because we've lost Lyle Taylor. Now we've lost Macaulay Bonn as well, of course, to QPR. Omar Bogle is the man who's come in, 28 years old, released by Cardiff. Had a, a numerous loans away from the, the Cardiff City Stadium since he arrived there. Um, Lewis, what do you reckon? He's not had the the most prolific time recently, but it, you know when he was with Grimsby, he had he had a decent decent record, thirty two goals over the course of a couple of seasons in the league. So, what do you make of him? I'm um, I'm actually quite excited about Omar Bogle. Um, he was a name that I thought of quite early on in the window because I'd seen that he'd been released and. He was someone I thought that at this level, especially, we've seen him for you know feature for a few clubs at this level, and and maybe not perform as as prolifically as he did for Grimsby. Um, but you know that that form at Grimsby earned him the move up a couple of divisions, so it shows that he can step up. I mean, he's he's been uh, he's been at Wigan, he's been at Cardiff. You know, he's had decent spells. I remember him uh, being in the Portsmouth side when we the year we got promoted. Obviously, he's in a fairly successful Pompey side. Of course, they didn't get promoted, but they were at the right end of the table. Um, and I was quite surprised to see him loaned out again last year to to Den Haag out in Holland. You know, it's quite a bizarre move for him. Um, he only made a handful of appearances there, but managed to get a goal. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we we have this record of, of being able to get players in that maybe aren't fancied. And I always I always revert back to Jan Kermigan as the prime example because he wasn't fancied by anybody when he came in. And when he came to us, I think anyone would say they were fairly sceptical. And, and you only have to look at how that worked out. And I think that under the management of, of Bowyer and, and Johnny Jackson and just the, the whole sort of feel-good factor surrounding the club at the moment, it's it's a great you know great area and a great place for these players to, to come and succeed. And there'll be a few players that we've signed now that will want to come in and prove a point. I think Marcus Madison, you know, we mentioned on the show before Sunderland that He's a player that we know can do it at this level, and he can have a point to prove. So, I'm I'm excited for for Omar Bogle to come in. I I do think it's an upgrade on Macaulay Bond, which is you know is is a statement. We'll see if he if he meets that, but I do think he's an upgrade on Macaulay Bond because I think he's got experience at this level, uh, and I think that he'll he'll work well with Connor Washington and Chucks. You know, they're all quite physical players, 
um, and physical strikers, and maybe that's why this the next striker that comes in. If we if we manage to get one tomorrow, he might be a slightly different mould. You know, he might be more of a a quick player, more of a Carl and Grant kind of player than a someone that holds the ball up. Because I think the three strikers that we've got at the moment are a lot more physical. But either way, they're they're options, and I and I think that he's he's going to do a good job here. And I'm I'm excited to see him play. Whether he's involved at the weekend or not, I don't know because a lot of these players are maybe lacking match fitness but I think it's a good signing to get through the door and and ultimately is even if he's a squad player for a little a little bit he's a great option to have off the bench so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Omar play mm, now one who's uh joined as well Ryan Innes from uh, Crystal Palace uh, a player actually had 10 loans away from Sellers Park couldn't wait to get away from that dump um 25 year old come in defender um I feel like he's going to be one of those ones, Tom, that, that, that certainly will have something to prove because he, he didn't get first-team opportunities at Crystal Palace you know, too often. I think he made two League Cup appearances there and that's it. So he's going to want to find a home uh, to, to, to really make his own questionable um, temperament issues in his past. I mean, I'm sure there's more than one person that, that's had that sort of stuff. So, But you know, Lee Bowyer would, would have seen that and, and he'll think that he's the man to... To, to get what he wants out of, a, out of a player like Ryan Innes. Yeah, and all managers think that, don't they? All managers, you look at how many clubs Mario Balotelli at the top level has had because every manager thinks they'll be the ones to kind of rein him in and keep him under control. And all managers have that ego, but I think what Boya has is is proof that he's done it. You know, he's done it before with players and, and he can do it again. And Lewis's example of a Jan Kermigan as someone who comes in unfancied and performs well, Obviously, this is slightly different. He comes with a, a bit of a reputation that he'll want to kind of get rid of, if you like, and prove people wrong. But you just look at him in terms of his size and his stature. He's going to be an imposing presence in, at the back. Um, and I'm really excited to see him play. He's not a player I know a huge amount about. But obviously, when it was announced, I kind of Googled him and, and read some of the things and the off-the-pitch incidents that have perhaps happened. But he admitted it himself, you know, he's looking for a club that he can call his home. He's looking for a fresh start and Boya's going to take him on face value. He's not going to care about anything in the past. He's going to say, look, you get your head down and work hard and you're going to play a big part in this team. And I really hope that it works out for him because, as I say, I'm certainly not going to judge him on his past either. Um, and, and he looks like a, an imposing player, as I say. So, yeah, not one I know a huge amount about, but an area we needed to strengthen and I'm excited to see what he can do because, I don't know, he's just got the feel of one of those players that Boya can get a tune out of. And, yeah, I'm excited to see him play. Mm, and finally now, of course, Ian Martin, who's joined on loan from Chelsea, 18-year-old. So, you know, has the benefit of falling below the age that the wage cap kicks in. So, effectively, a, a free hit for the addicts. Um, sounds like he's quite highly rated at Chelsea, uh, Lewis, you know, for playing playing in, on the uh, on the left hand side of defence. Although it sounds like he can play a little bit further forward as well. Um, again, one I didn't don't know too much about, but reading people who understand the Chelsea youth team, it sounds like we might have a bit of a prospect on our hands here. And, you know, we've we've picked up good loanies from Premier League clubs over over the years, and and hopefully this will be another one to to add to that impressive list. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he's going to be a player very similar mould to Jay De Silva and, you know, his success with us was was great and recognised. He won player of the year. So if he can if he can replicate that, then we've got a serious player on our hands. You know, he's he's obviously got pedigree. He came through at Feyenoord as a youngster and, and went on to PSV and Chelsea snapped him up uh, back in 2018. And, you know, they've got one of the most successful academies in the country. When you look at some of the people that they're producing and 
that are coming out on loans. You know, we, we look at Conor, we use Conor Gallagher as a great example with us last year. Jay De Silva, you've got Mark Guahi at, at Swansea as well. You've got lots of great prospects coming through that Chelsea side. So they obviously see something in him. And, and I think that he's going to be, again, a very good player for us. He just brings something different to the uh, to that left-back position. You know, we've we've spoken on here before that maybe Perrington isn't the strongest going forward. And I think that, that Ian Matson will bring something different to that role he'll be a, a little bit more attacking and that's what I've read from some Chelsea fans really is that he's got the ability to drive forward with the ball and create chances and he can be caught out sometimes but we saw that with with Jada Silva quite a bit but it worked more often than it didn't and I think that at the end of the day we're a fantastic place to send young talent and we've we've proved season after season that we improve these players and they go on to do great things you know Gallagher's now playing in the Premier League on a loan and we've we've seen it with Christian Bielik, the player he became when we had him from Arsenal. And Jay De Silva got a move to Bristol City and has performed consistently over a couple of seasons for them. And it shows that we're a good place for these players to grow. And I think that Ian will be no exception to that. And I, again, I'm I'm excited about this signing actually um, more than some of the others because when we get these players in, they always do have that sort of rawness and and it kind of works at this level um, because they've kind of you know they've got like a sponge of a brain that that people like Lee Bowyer are going to molt and that's only going to make them a better player and I think he'll be a really good signing for us and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to our side. Mm, certainly looking forward to, to seeing the sort of uh, uh, the, the sort of attacking prowess that I think I don't think we have had in, in our left back situation for, for a little while now um you know unless Alfie was playing there so uh yeah looking looking forward to seeing how, how he goes then um uh, right what should we what, what, what should we say then Tom our squad now, compared to our squad when we're in League One two years ago, what was the better squad? Uh, at the moment, I'd still have to say the last one. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd have I to say. Yeah, you look you look through that squad and where those players are now, um, and I think the other reason is that that just because the current squad is is unproven, and who knows, you know, when when Pauli put that squad together of how many new signings was it in one summer? And I remember coming to that first game down here, I think it was against Bournemouth, and I hadn't heard of half the team. Uh, and look how that worked out, and look at where a lot of them are now. Uh, some of them still playing in the Premier League. So, you know, I'm not going to judge this squad too early, but obviously the start of the season has been difficult. The off-the-pitch incidents that you referenced right at the start of the show over the summer and previous have obviously affected things. Um, so I don't think exactly we're we're an established squad, but... Uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to be a good squad. And I think they're still going to need a few more games to bed in. And if that, you know, drops us away even further from the top six for a few weeks, then I'll make my peace with that. Because I think once Boyer gets his philosophy into these boys and instills that, as I said earlier about a couple of the players, he's not going to uh, accept anything less than 100% from every single one of them. And I think then they can start maybe to build. But I've mentioned it a couple of times on shows before. Perhaps we're going to have to write this season off. And I know it's very early to be saying that. And I'm not saying that there's no chance of us making the top six at all. But I just think we need to be patient with Boya because he's been working with hands tied behind his back for the last year or year or two. And now he's got a bit of money, albeit the salary cap has played a part as well. And he can maybe start to mould a squad and, and let's see what happens. And it's a chance to to be excited by new players. I'm not I'm not worried for us uh, at all. But in terms of that direct question, I think the squad that we had before, I mean, you looked at that midfield with Cullen and Bielik and Arebo in there. Uh, I mean, it, uh, 
when you look back at it, I'm surprised it took us the playoffs to get up really because, you know, we had a, a brilliant midfield. We had Lyle Taylor on fire. It was a, a very, a very well-run squad. And this one's just going to take a bit of time to gel, I think. But it, it's still a good side now and it's coming together. Yeah, and, and one thing actually, Lewis, we should talk about before we go on to the tweets then is those two players who've gone out on loan today. I mean, to be fair, both came as a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, George Lapsley going out to Mansfield and Erin Ostumer out to Bristol Rovers. I mean, when you're seeing this, I mean, it is clear that it does move around some, some money to become available for, for the... Uh, for, for you know within the wage cap so we can go on and, and maybe offer more or bring in someone more expensive than we were thinking beforehand but you know I'm a little bit sad to see both of them leave to be honest because I, I like George I, I feel like he brought a lot of energy to the team you know I, I uh, speaking to someone earlier I described him as a young man's Darren Prattley really you know he adds that sort of edge to the midfield and Aaron Ostuma never quite hit the heights that I was hoping he would because he had a couple of decent spells but I, I am I am slightly saddened to see them both leave yeah, me too. And I, I think you describe Lapo perfectly. I think he is that sort of Darren Prattley in the making. You know, he comes on, he throws himself in front of the ball when he needs to. He puts his body on the line. You know, we talked so often about his performance at Portsmouth away where he got absolutely clattered and we ended up getting the result there because he threw his body on the line. And I I do, I, I'm kind of shocked to see Lapo go out on loan. But at the same time, I do think it will benefit him because we are starting to not be oversubscribed in that midfield, but we've got a lot of players that play in his position. Um, maybe one thing that surprises me is that he can obviously play right back and we've only got the one in Chris Gunter at the moment with Deji out injured. We don't know how long that's going to be. Um, and with Aaron, like, I, I, with Aussie and stuff, I think with him, he, like you say, he's not quite hit the heights, but I do think that maybe this season would have been an opportunity for him to break through a bit more because we know how good he is at this level. When he played for Walsall, he was, you know, one of the best players in the division. And when he left, they've, you know, they've completely nosedived. So you, he obviously can do it at this level, but there's a lot of competition in that midfield. You know, you've got Johnny Williams that can play in his position. You've got now Marcus Madison as well. Uh, Chucks can play in the 10. You just think maybe is Boyer's Charlton a little bit more physical? And, and you know, it's no secret with Aussie that he is not the strongest of players. He's not the most physical. He does get knocked off the ball quite easily. Maybe we just don't play to his strengths and maybe he doesn't maybe suit the style of play that we're going for. Um, but, you know, I think he, he would have made a difference. And I, I was excited to see him start the other week because I thought he'd bring something. But then ultimately he he didn't really bring a huge amount in that Sunderland game. But then, then again, no one really did. Um so I'm sad to see him go out on loan, but I think it will benefit both players in the long run. Uh, what it means for Aussie going forward, I don't know, because from memory, I believe his contract is up at the end of this season come in. And with Lapo, it's still going to be great experience. And we know that he's going to come back to Charlton a better player and a more experienced player. And he's got a very bright future ahead of him at this football club. And I think that this will do him the world of good to go out and get some, you know, some proper consistent man's football. There's no reason why he won't be in that Mansfield side starting every week because he'll be a real asset, especially at League Two level, because we've seen him perform at Championship and League One. So I think it's a great move for George. Um, again, like I say, slightly surprised about Aussie, but if it benefits the player and we get a better player back, uh, then, you know, it only works in our favour. 
Yeah, so and Lee, and uh, it, it does sound like Lapo put himself forward for that move as well. So, you know, ho- hopefully he gets what he wants uh, out of his loan to Field Mill. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that have came in. Sarah Saunders uh, tweeted that she was looking forward to uh, listening to the show and wants a shout-out uh, for her daughter, Summer, uh, who's been on well recently. So, Summer, I hope you're feeling better uh, soon. I uh, hope... Uh, everyone is good right James Clark says uh, uh, excited by both the signings of uh, Ryan Innes and Ian Martson uh, during the week hoping that Innes can fill the considerable gap left by Tom Lockyer and Martson can add desperately needed pace to the side they'll both add something extra to the squad yeah and certainly we're not a quick looking team uh, at the moment Tom Bramley says uh, defensively when Pierce is fit we look very solid I still worry slightly about where the goals will come uh, similar to what Richard Corley said actually uh, especially if Doughty is sold uh, although hopefully he won't be. Uh, if we sign another striker and keep Doughty, we will have a good season. Franco says that uh, the squad is shaping up nicely for me. Whenever I read something like Ryan is a player that Steve Gallen has been following for a long time, I instantly know the fella is going to do a job. Gallen is a magician and Chutwin are very lucky to have him. Matt says, I'm very happy with all the deals we've done so far. I think the squad is coming together finally, but we need to finish off the window with another striker and maybe another attacking midfielder, as we know what our luck is like uh, with injuries. Terry says, it's looking like a very good League One squad to him. Ashley said, solid signings considering the restrictions we have. Uh, Curious if Phillips or Doughty will be moving on before Friday. As we heard there from Richard Corley, it seems unlikely... Um, uh, we spoke about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, how weird it will be if uh, Dylan is still here uh, at five o'clock on Friday because of his, his personal situation. And he's, he's a great goalkeeper, but it's just because it's just he didn't want to sign that contract. And, and obviously he won't do that now with, with the wage cap. I you know, just hope he, his career doesn't suffer or he gets frozen out because he's a good goalkeeper and a, uh, a good character as well. Right, let's have a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll have a little chat about Project Big Picture. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. John has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Gets it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Looking ahead to our home game with Wigan uh, very shortly. But don't forget 
uh, we've just heard uh, from Richard Corley over on the show, transfer deadline day. Probably if you're listening to this on the Friday, that is transfer deadline day. You'll know a little bit more uh, than we know at five to eight on uh, Thursday as we as we continue recording the show. But be fascinating to see what happens on the final day of the transfer window for the addicts. Now, something else that's been quite fascinating this week, and I wrote this down as something to talk about at the start of the week, and then by the end of it, it sounded like it almost became a non-story because it's been rejected by the teams within the Premier League. But Project Big Picture was uh, leaked uh, to the Telegraph earlier on this week, and a a way that some of the bigger clubs wanted to mould the game uh, in, in the foreseeable future is a way I think they were trying to imply that it would it would help EFL clubs in terms of the money they receive, especially in this very difficult situation uh, with COVID. But also it would appear that it would give some of these bigger clubs a hell of a lot of power in, as to how the game would be run. We'd also see the Premier League uh, reduced to just 18 teams. So it, it, it was something that a lot of a lot of EFL clubs were a bit wary of. A lot of them did seem to be quite happy with it as well. So I, I thought it was quite interesting to hear what Lee Bowyer had to say uh, on the matter. Uh, he was asked about that during his press conference earlier on today. I think that the EFL clubs are in a vulnerable position at the moment. Um, and maybe some clubs with good financial backing uh, may be taking a little bit advantage of that. Um, but when when you're in trouble financially, then things people will take anything to survive, and uh, and I'm guessing that there's a lot of clubs that are in that state at the moment, and we was one of them. So if anyone would have given us an hand at a, a stage when this either take their hand out or you're gonna fold. And I think anything that anyone will take anything. Um, fortunately enough for us, we're not in that situation anymore. Um, but I do, I do feel for other clubs because we was close to being one of them clubs. So, um, so yeah, that's that's my views on it. But if someone needs help and someone's prepared to help, then then you take that help. Does it sit badly with you though that you know? people at the very top of at the at those clubs at the very top are willing to sort of push through um their advantage at a time like this it doesn't sit badly with me because they're trying to help um they're trying to help clubs survive um like i said if, if you're in a position that you can't get help then then you're going to crumble and, and, and fall away so you have to give the the higher clubs the people that are offering financial backing then you you have to accept that and they don't have to do that but they're trying to trying to um to lend a hand if you like um, yes of course they're going to benefit from it but no one gets nothing uh no one gets anything for nothing at the moment so you have to you have to take everything you can there we go then tom so i, th- I think Bo can see the positives and the negatives in the situation i mean the 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 first thing we have to say is that with the current situation i don't think so much for charlton because we've literally just had a takeover by someone very wealthy but for a lot of clubs in the efl this is a really really tough time so any offer of help will have to be considered i've noticed the efl have knocked back the premier league again today with a 50 million pound offer uh they've said that's not quite what they were hoping for so the EFL clubs clearly feel they they have a little bit of bargaining power in this situation, 
But I mean, the, the first thing we we do need to see Premier League money trickling down the pyramid a bit more, especially during this this current situation. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, project big picture which was was wrong and felt a little bit like blackmail. Um, the fact that two clubs who one of them is at the top of the pyramid and one of them I referenced it the other day hasn't won the league in in seven years and currently has Phil Jones and Harry Maguire as employed centre-backs at the club Uh, so how they can call themselves a big six I'm not sure but for for two clubs like that to come out and try and run the roost over everybody is simply not fair Um, the rescue fund which I think was initially going to be 250 million and 25% of all future TV deals for the EFL, that's an absolutely brilliant incentive. Um, And I think a lot of, I saw a lot of EFL kind of owners and managers come out and say that that part of the deal was was brilliant. But the the parachute payments being scrapped and how that affects things, the Premier League being scaled down to 18 clubs would obviously make it harder to get in. And the change in voting rights, it just felt like more power to the top six or nine clubs. And again, you go back to how those get decided. Uh, and that's not right. You know, even the Premier League itself, as far as I understand it, is, should be a democracy over the 20 clubs. And that's why it's been voted down by the others. But yeah, in answer to your question about the EFL, you're right. The money does have to trickle down. And I do sympathise with some of the stuff that the likes of Sean Dyche have said, who, you know, said just because we're at the top, we, you know, we don't owe those clubs anything. Uh, and in any other business, I, I do see that. You know, if you're a successful I don't know, restaurant, you, you shouldn't be paying some of your profits to, to struggling restaurants just because they're not as profitable as you. Having said that, I think a lot of the Premier League, football doesn't work in the same way as any other business, does it? And a lot of the Premier League has a lot of the EFL to be grateful for. You know, you look at the players that are there, you look at the opportunities that they get of players going out on loan, you think of the examples that we've said already, Jada Silvers, Conor Gallagher, you know, players like that that then should be getting opportunities at the top table and, and some of them will and, and some of them won't. So if nothing else, the Premier League can look at the EFL as a, as a platform, uh, but there's no need to chuck B teams in there, loan them out to existing clubs because that benefits both. And yeah, it, it's a really difficult one because you've got, I don't know, I'm not going to mention any names, but there are plenty of clubs in League One and League Two who probably don't really ever dream of getting to the Premier League and that's not what they're about. They're about their local community, they're about surviving as a football club and and they're about doing things on a lot more local level. And then there are clubs like us and Sunderland and maybe even the likes of Portsmouth down at this level who will aspire to be back up there because they've had successful spells up there. So to make that pyramid even harder to climb is an absolute non-starter. But having said that, there are aspects of it that are right And, and as you said, ultimately... The finances need to find a way of evening themselves out. And as frustrated as we are by the salary cap, I think that's a start. But I think it's the championship at the moment that has the most questions to answer because that's where you've got the most unsustainability, if that's a word, because you've got owners just gambling on the Premier League and and ultimately if they don't get there, they're bang in trouble. So the whole of football needs to look at the finances and this might start that conversation. But uh, project big picture as it was, was definitely not the way to go. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have another quick break here on the big match preview. And then it's time to start looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Wigan Athletic.
the space on the right hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's crew Alexandra Neal, Charlton Athletic one. Charlton Live. Welcome back, Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, time to focus now on our home tie with uh, Wigan Athletic. Obviously, both sides relegated uh, from the championship uh, last season in slightly different circumstances. I mean, similar ownership issues, I guess, but theirs uh, were worse than ours because they actually went into administration, lost uh, those 12 points, which otherwise they would have stayed up comfortably after having a very impressive uh, end to the season but of course with all the issues uh, off the field at Charlton being sorted now it feels um, a lot of fans have been turning their attention to Wigan now it does feel like that the ownership situation there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel so I spoke to Cy Gregory from the Progress with Unity podcast a Wigan Athletic uh, podcast to find out how he feels going into Saturday's game and first of all I asked him uh, for the ownership situation uh, if it seems to be coming to a bit of a happier conclusion now. Well, it, it's looking like that way. Um, you know, we, we followed you guys with what's been going on down there and I'm sure a lot of your fans will have been following what's been going on with us. But it does look like an end in sight. It's all with the EFL now going through their processes and I don't think we should go into that in, in too much detail. Um, but yes, the end does look like it's in sight. Um, with uh, a group from Spain um, taking a plunge on such a great club. Yeah, and it, may, it, may, it must be such a relief because I guess you know whenever a, a, a team drops into administration, as we saw with Wigan, uh, particularly in, in, in the slightly bizarre circumstances that they did, that there, there will always be a fear that, that that could be the end of the club. Well, that's it. That's you know that was my initial thoughts um, when we got that news towards the end of um, last season. That what's what's going to happen to my to my team? Um, what do I do if if the worst case does happen? You know, we've been very fortunate over the years to have um, a great owner in, in Dave Wheeling. You know, especially the time that I've been um, sporting Wigan. Um, you know, we had stability, um, and obviously that changed when we uh, changed ownership. Um, and you never know what you're going to get. You never know what the future's going to hold. And unfortunately for us, things went uh, pear-shaped. But um, you can't look back now. You can only look forward. What has happened has happened. Um, we now need to get on with the future and building success under new ownership. Mm, yeah, and it must have been so frustrating as well to be relegated under the circumstances you were because the side had played so well in the second half of last season to get themselves away from it and other than that points deduction they wouldn't be down there so obviously now as you say it's time to to look to the future I mean there's a new manager in place John Sheridan uh, has come in what's his uh, his first few uh, weeks in charge been like? Um, you know what it, it's been um, pretty much pretty solid really we, obviously we've had to ship out quite a lot of players um, who obviously don't want to play at League One, they're above League One standard. Um, so we've lost lost a lot of players there, but the players we brought in are, are doing a job. They're on short-term contracts, obviously, because we can't sign anyone on a um, anything longer due to the ownership um, problems that we've had. 
but it, it's been all right. The results have, um, have been okay. Um, obviously, bar our trip to Crew at the weekend, it, it's been relatively um, good, spirited, and it's with a lot of the players have got the Wigan Athletic side, which is is really important. Um, and like I say, we can't, we can't look back. We can only look forward. Um, We've lost a lot of good talent. We've lost youth players, which hurts because the the academy that we had was being built into something special. Um, we've, we've lost those type of players, but we go again. That's all you can do. We've got a club at the end of the day, which is the first and foremost the main priority. Mm. Yeah, you say that. I mean, so, so what sort of shape would you say the squad is in now? Because obviously. It felt like every day Wigan seemed to be selling a player over the over the the course of the summer break. Um, have, have they been able to bring in uh, any quality or a fair bit of quality in your view? Yeah, I mean the, the ones to watch um, would be Viv Solomon Otterbaugh, um, who we brought in uh, from the continent. He was playing out in I want to say Bulgaria, but don't quote me on that. He, he has played in the football league in the past. Um, he brings you know he's, he's got We've got Joe Garner, uh, still at the club, who you know has played his game around, obviously at uh, football league level as well. He's he's producing goals, um, and then we've, we've we've kept hold of one or two. Cal Naismith, absolutely fantastic, um, play him anywhere at the moment. He's um, he's really stepped up from, and he's one of the few players that we've kept from our band of brothers from last season who uh, tried to keep us going. Um, but then, you know, players we brought to we made some good loan signings um, and we're making the best of a bad situation. But fortunately, you know, still we had a club and we still have a club and if we've still got a club at the end of the season, I'll still be happy. Yeah, and, and how do you see Saturday going? Obviously, uh, Charlton and ourselves, we're going for a bit of a, a rebuild now that we've got the new owner in and we've, we've been signing quite a few players this week, uh, but we haven't won since the opening day. So, how, how do you uh, rate Wigan's chances uh, back at the Valley? Well, it's one of those. If you weren't playing us, because of how everything went, you know, with our fans and and your fans over the the situations that we've both been put in, um, uh, you know, I'll be backing you guys for a win. Um, I, I, it's tough, isn't it? Because when you when you're rebuilding squads, you, you need to have time to gel. Um, and then things to come good. You've made some cracking signings. You know, you've got FA Cup winners in that team now, mm-hmm. um, and and what have you. So you know, you, you brought in quality. Um, I think if we're if we're on our day, we the players we've got, they, they, they've shown real class, they've shown real commitment, and I, I feel that we could win. But at the same time, the players that you brought in as well, it, it, it's a tough one to call. Um, it's definitely one you wouldn't put on an accumulator. And to be honest, I'd go for a draw if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. Si Gregory there from the Progress with Unity pod. Thanks to Simon for speaking to me. Um, so yeah, for, first of all, it sounds like there's light at the end of the tunnel for, for Wigan, which is great because, Lewis, I mean, we've all been watching uh, aghast at what's been going on up there at the DW Stadium, all sorts of shady goings on. Uh, and, and you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemies, let alone a, a, a fairly harmless club like Wigan Athletic. And uh, please, that they, they seem to be coming out of it the right end now. Yeah, that's it. You know, we can sympathise more than many about what it's like to be in the position that they're in. 
as you say, they've sort of gone one step further with it and they were put into administration, which ultimately led to their relegation to to League One. And they didn't deserve that. They were they were fantastic last year, you know. They were they were sort of dead and buried at a point and then they went on an unbelievable run under Paul Cook, didn't they? And it was just it was incredibly sad to see them go down the way they did. Um you know, similar to us really, but the way they went down with the points deduction and everything, it, it seemed really harsh and we've said before, like it's when you're punishing the football club and not the people involved in the wrongdoings, it just feels wrong on so many levels. With the ownership there, I'm hoping that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we're we're in the sort of privileged position now where it almost feels too good to be true with, with Thomas. You know, everything is just so chilled and we're doing a big match preview where we're purely talking about what's happening on the pitch. You know, it's great like to be talking about that rather than all the other, the circus that we've had over the last couple of years. And I hope that it sorts out for Wigan as well because they really they really pulled together and got behind us when we needed them. And likewise with us, we've there's been a lot of mutual support on uh, on social media from both sets of fans for both clubs. And the only shame really this weekend is that we have to watch it behind closed doors, you know, because I think it would have been a real a real nice coming together of two sets of supporters with a real mutual respect for each other. And the sooner that their situation is confirmed and they're in a similar position to us, the better. Um, and that's yeah, two great football clubs that have been have been saved. So fingers crossed for them that, that everything works out for them because I've had a, a real newfound respect for Wigan Athletic um, over this difficult period. And, and the way they got behind Charlton as a football club to support us when we needed them most was, was incredibly admirable. And I really hope that the light at the end of the tunnel is a lot closer now for them. Um, and it would be great news. And, and hopefully the next time we play them, we'll be uh, we'll have a couple of fans back in the stadium and we can celebrate properly then. Yeah. Now, Saiton was uh, re- reasonably happy with the start to the season that, that we're going to have had. I mean, beating heavily at Crewe a um, couple of, well, last weekend that they, yeah, they played last weekend when we were on international break. But other than that, they've got a couple of wins uh, under their belt and against good sides as well. They won away at Portsmouth. They won at home. Uh, against Doncaster, so that they, they they've clearly you know the, the amount of change they've had in their squad. I don't. It doesn't seem like it's affected them too much, and it's it's going to be another tough game f- for us, particularly going into Saturday, because we're a side that's still very much um jet you know make, taking time to gel. We've got all these new these new faces in and around the building. That's gonna it's, it's gonna take a little while for us to get all sort of get on the same page. Yeah, I said it earlier. It's go- it's going to take a little while to to mould our squad and. We have to appreciate that, and and you know, it will come. It will definitely come. We know Boya can do it at this level, but it just it takes a bit of time. But you're right, there two good wins for them. Um, but you know, three defeats. I think they've conceded nine goals in those three as well, which is you know a lot of goals to have conceded. Or sorry, over the five games they've conceded nine goals, which I think there's only two clubs who've conceded more than that. So. You know, with Rich talking earlier about the goals, where are they going to come from for Charlton? We've sort of talked about the need for a striker as well. This is hopefully a side that we can try and get at. You know, we've seen the likes of, of Washington start the season well. Alfie obviously got on the score sheet as well. So we have got players in those attacking roles. Um, and you'd have to say, based on the results so far, that if there is a team that you can go after and you can try and get results, then Wigan is is certainly one of them. So, yeah, it's... It's very difficult to kind of predict what's going to happen in this game because, as you say, Wigan are going through a a tough time themselves. We've obviously had so many new signings through the door and have only had, I think we've only had the one game, haven't we, under 
officially under Thomas Sangard. So it's going to take a little while, but um, I, th- I think, as I say, they're a team that, that can be got at. And what I'm looking forward to is Boya putting a side out there that go on the front foot and try and attack. Because now that we're starting to get players in those positions, hopefully we can start to be a bit more of an exciting side going forward, which we just haven't really seen in the last few games. You know, we've had periods in games where we've dominated and created and, and just not really finished things off. Um, but if we can make that last bit click, then we're a side that I do think has goals in us, despite what, what we've spoken about earlier. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, obviously, with the game coming up on Saturday, we want to know what the injury situation is going into that contest with Wigan. So, Bo was asked about that. You'll hear that in the second part of this clip. But first of all, the Addicts boss was asked about how he felt uh, about the the uh, the Latics going down from the Championship last year. Yeah, I feel for Wigan because they shouldn't be in this division. Uh, I honestly believe that. They cooked them really well then, uh, back end of the season. And... Um, they shouldn't be in this division. It's plain and simple. But the things that happened off the pitch and then the football club's been punished and I feel for them. So, um, but is what it is and we have to carry on and, and, and we're going to be turning out on Saturday to try and get the three points. We played them late on in last season's uh, in the championship and, and it was a good game. Um, so, I have no doubt this weekend it'll be two teams that are try and play the right way and, and try and win the game. And uh, in typical Charlton fashion, obviously, we brought in maybe another two coming in, but news um, that uh, Deji has, uh, has picked up the injury to join Alex and, uh, and, and Piercy. Um, I mean, how, how are they looking going forward uh, on the injury front? I, I didn't see how, how serious Deji's was. Well, Deji, Deji finished the game on Saturday. Uh, He'd done it in a game last, uh, well, two weekends ago now. Um, against Sunderland and, and he finished the game so it, we wasn't aware until the Monday that Deji had a problem with the underneath of his foot so it must have been the way he landed or, or something like that it's not muscular or anything he, it's damaged to the bottom of his foot which is a freak injury uh, physio um, saying that the, the, the fella that scanned it and, and comes back and feeds you with the information saying he's never seen this injury before. So it's a freak one. Like it's just unlucky. So it's not like anything that we've done on a training pitch or or anything like that. It's just a, a freak injury that you can't control. You get them, you know. We had four knee injuries last season. Like it's, you can't control them. They're just part of the game. Um, how long is Deji going to be out? From what I understand, it's going to be a while. He's going to be in a boot for a while. So, um, so yeah, yeah that's, but we'll we get by, we'll get by, we always do. We brought Ryan in, um, and, and obviously we've got Prattley that can slide back there as well, so uh, we'll be okay. Lee Bowyer there, uh, giving us the injury update, so it's Deji Oshelaja is uh, now on the sidelines, along of course with uh, Jason Pearce and, and Alex Gilby, uh, <laughs> just... Injuries are just starting to creep up a little bit again, Lewis. I mean, we had this problem last year. It was probably played a, a big part in us going down is the fact we had so many injuries in, in the squad. Uh, and a, a shame to lose Deji, I guess. He, he's played a lot of games. He's he's uh, quite an interesting player to watch. He, he can be quite erratic at times, but he has actually been quite, you know, played, played a bit of a leadership role in that defence for us this season. So I think purely because of that, I think we, we could probably miss him uh, a little bit on Saturday. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, he stepped up when we've needed him. It's you know we he didn't play a huge amount of football for us last season in the championship, and maybe it wasn't out of his depth, but at times he looked a little bit like he wasn't quite at the level required to play in the championship. But we know that he's good at this level because he was, you know, he's had decent seasons for AFC Wimbledon. He was their captain as well, so he's got decent decent leadership qualities that you're going to need because. We're starting to see experienced heads come in now, but we still do have quite a young squad. Um, and his experience will be missed, especially, you know, with the sort of lack of options there at the moment. I mean, we, we've we got Akin Famwo, who's really impressed me since he's come in. Prattley's filled in there. And we obviously, we now have Ryan Innes, but he, he hasn't played a lot of football. So I'd be very surprised if he came straight in. Um and he also plays on that right-hand side when required. So it's, it's lucky now, really, especially with Lapo going out on loan, that Chris Gunter's going to come in. I imagine that, that uh, Chris Gunter will be will be match fit because he's been playing for Wales. So I would assume that he'll be fairly sharp. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to miss Deji. And it is frustrating, obviously. with We know Pierce, he's had a bit of a setback with his injury as well, which we I feel like we'd really miss him. I thought that he, he really stepped up towards the tail end of last season and, and became a real a real leader you know we know that he's good at that anyway but he really really became the leader that we needed um and i feel like we've missed him so it's a shame that he's had a setback and the same with gilby you know we've, we've been impressed with him uh in his early performances i thought he was he played really well in the opening game against crew he's creative he, he gets forward he's got a great um eye for a pass he creates chances um and we miss that too. So typically, you know, we say it every year, don't we? This the injury uh, record isn't great, um, but at least now we're able to to sign players to replace them because we've been in such a such a mess before. You know, we've had to rely on youngsters the whole way through. But it looks like hopefully by five pm tomorrow, as we said earlier, we're going to have a few more in the door. Hopefully, and the squad depth is slowly increasing and you know, that's going to be our squad till January. So hopefully those three guys get back fit as soon as possible and we can see where we are from there. Mm, so just briefly then, Tom, looking ahead to, to the Wigan game, um, I'm, I'm trying to think what sort of changes you might want to make. So Chucks and Ek has come off the bench. That's probably more of a fitness thing. So whether he'd be able to start, I'm not, I'm not certain about that. Um, obviously with Deji out, there'll have to be a little bit of movement down the back, but I guess, you know, Gunter can come in and play right back if he if he's got some some fitness in his legs. It's it's going to be interesting to see which ones of these new signings that Lee Bayer thinks does have enough energy to to go out and, and start the full ninety minutes. I mean, even Marcus Madison because he hasn't had a a preseason. Bo said after the Sunderland game that he's unlikely to be anywhere near full fitness even even by the time. We've come to the other side of the international break, which is where we find ourselves now. So we don't really know who who Bowie is going to have confidence in 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 terms of fitness to to chuck straight in yet. Yeah, you're right. I think the back four or five, depending how he goes, you're right in terms of personnel. But we're starting to feel slightly more stopped there now. You you think of the players you've just listed. You know, obviously uh, Innes and, and Martin coming in. You've got Gunter. You've got Purrington, you've got Famewo, so you've got a fair few options there. I think what will be interesting is how we go forward because I think we've probably got what's maybe six or seven midfielders to choose from. But you know, Watson and Prattley are very defensive. Madison, as you say, is he fit? Um, Jake, how attacking can he be? I, I wouldn't until yesterday wouldn't have said that Johnny Williams would be anywhere near the starting lineup for for Saturday purely because of the form he's been on, 
And I, I don't think he's going to do this. And if we get a striker through the door, then then absolutely not. But Johnny obviously got his goal yesterday and played in a false nine uh, and bizarrely worked, worked brilliantly. He got in the box four or five times in the 20 minutes he was on. And, you know, I would have been laughed out the door if I'd come on here and said playing Johnny in a false nine a week ago. And I still, as I say, don't think Boja will do that. But it's it's an interesting option because, as we say, we're not sure where goals are coming from. You've got Connor, who, from what we've seen, likes to play out wide. You've got Chucks, who likes to play maybe more of a number 10. You've got Bogle, who's come in, obviously, but it remains to be seen how quickly he gets up to speed. So, at the moment, we're really struggling up top at, with a striker. So, it, it's there, really, that I'm most interested to see. Again, Alfie, obviously, in that list as well, but again, likes to play out wide. So, you're almost having to play four at the back and then six midfielders slash wide men slash sort of advanced forwards, if you like, but you haven't really got a striker. So that's where I'm interested to see what he does. Because as I say, Wigan are a team that can be got at and have conceded a lot of goals. And it's a team that I'd like us to try and put out an attacking formation. And we've got the players that could be attacking. It's just the best way to set them up, really. So it's going to be very interesting to see who he picks and and where he picks them. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time. So let's just have a quick uh, score prediction first Tom then Lewis go on Tom uh, 3-1 Charlton take that Lewis uh, I'm going to go uh, 2-1 Charlton take that as well lovely stuff uh, right we've come to the end of uh, this week's big match preview thanks to all of you uh, who've listened so far and uh, thanks to Richard Corley for coming on uh, for our transfer deadline day chat uh, you'll find out uh, over the course of Friday who those uh, two bodies are coming in if we can get two more uh, over the line excited to see who they are thanks to Tom and Lewis for joining me this week no worries cheers, mate. mate cheers Cheers, guys. I've been Louis Mendes. Like I say, thank you for listening to the Big Match Preview. We'll be back here with a Charlton Live podcast on Sunday as well to find out what happens against Wigan. Look forward to speaking to you then. But until then, see you later. Charlton Live. Charlton Live. <laughs>